welcome to Temple of Health Radio Show. This is Dr. Susan Kolb, and today I'm pleased to have back as my guest, Dr. Eric Love. Today we'll be discussing hearing the, healing the dark night of the soul with Bach flower essences. Um, Dr. Love is, is a expert in the Bach flower uh, remedies and is also um, a teacher and will tell you all about it uh, this hour. Welcome, Dr. Love. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Cope. God bless you. I'm honored to be here. So tell the listening audience um, a little bit of your contact information and a little bit about the um, courses that you offer uh, okay. to begin with. Okay. Um, we give a certified homeopath, diplomat in homeopathy, and um, a certified nutrition. I'm, I'm sorry, certified homeopath and certification in the treatment of animals and uh, certified herbalist. Uh, all from the International Association of Homeopathy, which is my school. And basically what I do with the person is I sit beside you and hold your hand for a year uh, or more if you need, and I help you work through your stuff, and I teach you how to use the box flowers and work on the emotional component and work with the emotional spiritual conflict. And I teach you how to do that through a, a true apprenticeship where you and I sit together and just do it, and you learn it by doing. And uh, I always schedule an hour and a half with each student. It could be, you know, an hour. Sometimes it could even be longer uh, each month. I'm sorry, each week. And we do that, and it should be some of the most dramatic healing of your life. Most people tell me that it is. And through this, you learn uh, the, the Bach flowers in a very advanced way. Uh, we work with uh, diet and nutrition for healing. Uh, and we work with uh, the wonderful SAF, which is a, a, a secret system nobody knows anything about, but it's a wonderful, and a few other things, too. So um, uh, you come out with a certification that you should come out a totally different person with your stress and, and your issues in life really healed. And then by doing it, you see how to do it with other people. Yeah, what oh, is and, it? Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that um, the emotional component is very important in any healing um, that you're going to do, and you kind of know you're dealing with the emotional component if you keep recreating the same thing in your life over and over again. Um, Dr. Michael Rice actually wrote a book on this, is Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And mm -hmm. the idea is that when you have certain filters that filter certain segments of reality, say, just for example, if you think all doctors are bad, then what you do is you keep getting bad doctors because that's a filter that you have. Or if you lack self-love, you may get um, several alcoholic, abusive husbands in a row. So the idea is that if something keeps showing up in your life over and over again, you've got healing to do with the emotional components. Yes, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, the, um, uh, the, the the physical world is just a, a liquid plasma unreality. They call it, um, uh, what do they call it in the East? Um, Maya, because it's not real. It's a projection from the projection screen, the movie screen inside of you projects who you are onto the physical reality. So the one guy, he grabs the elephant by the tail. He says, oh, it's a tail. Next guy by the trunk. Next guy by the leg. You see who you are in the external world. So I tell, tell people, if you don't like what you see in the external world, it's because there's something inside of you that you need to grow and change and learn and become a new person. 
uh, and resolve inside of you in order. And then the external will go away. And the most dramatic of that is my students that have problems with their husband, the women have problems with their husband, and men have problems with their wife. Um, uh, they oh, she's this way, and he's that way, and whatnot. And as we begin to work and heal them, they don't draw that kind of thing anymore. And the husband actually changes. Every student I have, the husband has changed. It's like magic. Some without, <laughs> like, it is like magic, yeah. It's uh, it's spiritual magic. The best magic mm-hmm. is not the dark, it's the spiritual. <laughs> Following the laws of nature. Right. And God's grace. So the dark night of the soul is actually something that you usually only have once in a lifetime. Um, yes. And basically, uh, Carolyn Mace described it this way. She said, you either have to think you're losing everything. In other words, um, you know, for all appearances, things are you're going to lose it or you actually have to lose it. And... My Dark Night of the Soul came in 1992 when all the people around me, and I had a, a number of very, very good clairvoyants in my life at the time, and um, all the other signs around me convinced me that I was going to die in a short time in a, in a car mm. accident. So I had to release everything. I released everything and pretty quickly. It took about six hours. I just released everything, and I was mm. fine. I was going to die. It was fine. It was no big deal. So... Um, then it was supposed to be in two weeks. Well, two weeks came and then three weeks. And then some of the clairvoyants started calling me and said, you're not going to (laughs) die. So the point is the dark night of the soul. Now, other people, other friends of mine actually did go through bankruptcy, did go through, um, you know, losing a wife to the best friend, you know, I mean, breaking up of financial health relationships, getting very deathly ill. So, you know, it's, it was interesting how Carolyn said, you either think you're going to lose everything or you actually lose everything. So that's what um, that's a little bit of information of the dark night of the soul. So it's actually to shift you very, very quickly from one viewpoint to another. I mean, that's the yes. point of it. Right, from one person to another person, yeah. But Become it's different in different people. You know, if you're not well, really attached always, to relationships, you may not have a relationship issue come up. Yeah, it's always different because everybody's karma is different. I, uh, right. But the one thing that really marks it is the excruciation. I tell people it's worse than Auschwitz. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I'll never forget riding down the road. Uh, well, it was a four-wheel drive road up in the mountains. And um, uh, uh, this, I was talking to a lady from North Carolina. And, and she was calling me out doing her remedies, and I said, yeah. I said, you know, you get up in the morning, and uh, all life is hell. You feel like death when you wake up in the morning. And then you go to work, and at work, everyone is against you. Everyone tries to destroy you. Everyone mm-hmm. puts you down and rips your eyes out. And then uh, any relationships with you have with people, none of that work. Nothing works. Everything is mm-hmm. excruciation, excruciating pain all day long. And then you come home, the food, the, the friends, nothing gives you any relief at all. And then you finally go to bed. You know you don't want to kill yourself. But a lot of people do. And a lot of people mm-hmm. get on drugs. Uh, 50% right. of the uh, Americans are on SSRIs, uh, psychiatric drugs, or, or, or um, opioids, and uh, over 50 
And so uh, uh, when I was told I was going to um, go, I, I was, a Hindu Vedic astrologer told me, and he said, when I was 35, when you, and I never talk about this stuff, mm-hmm. it's just too deep. Uh, I, I'm glad Carolyn Mace talks about it because it's very difficult to understand. But, but my experience, I had, to, I had been 25 years working with people. I had never seen this level of emotional pain. He said, when you turn 51, you're going to get a disease and you're going to almost die and you'll be at death's door lingering, but you won't die for a long time. You'll be there. And, oh, my God, I went home. You know, that's, Ky- that's Kyrian's return, astrologically. The wounded healer at fifty-one. Well, yeah, yeah. The it's astrological. Uh, it's common. Yeah, the, it's common to the, go through something around then. Yeah. Well, this is, but this is worse than that. Um, yeah. uh, the Cherokee medicine man I studied with taught me that between the age of fifty to sixty, the inner child material comes up, which is all the traumas up to the age of eleven, and if you don't handle it, it turns into physical disease. Mm-hmm. So, but but this is worse than that. Because I'm, I've worked with a lot of people since then who have um, uh, going through that inner child period, and it wasn't uh, as deep as this. But anyway, he said, you're going to almost die. So I went home. I had a student who could uh, read the future. She was the only person I ever met who could see the future. She mm-hmm. used cards. She was good. And she looked in the future. Nah, you're not going to get a disease at 51. So when I turned 51, all these things happened. I won't tell you about, but they were losses. And I went into, um, uh, it's not depression, it was worse depression. It was an excruciating pain that I had never known anyone who ever could, had ever felt that. And I, I, I got God on the telephone, and I told him, I said, look here, I do not want to get a physical disease. I need you to help me figure this out and show me mm-hmm. what it is you want me to do. Show me how to figure this out so I can you know, deal with it. So that's when God showed me a different way to use Bach, Bach remedies, a different way to use the SAF, a different way to use diet, and got me through. And uh, my my friend Christine in Montana, who's a wonderful astrologer, after I was in it for seven years, and at the end of the time, she told me, next year you're going to be out of this on such and such a day. Uh, such and such a month, and sure enough, he was right. I came out of it. I was bloodied, and I was really mm-hmm. upset. I was not the same person because this whole thing is. And see, and before uh, uh, when, uh, when I was like thirty-five, I um, uh, Johanna Moravia, the Edgar Casey of Europe, told me that I was the most depressed person that she had ever met in her life. And my mm-hmm. friend Peter, about five years later who's one of the greatest psychics I ever met, told me I was the most depressed person and the most fearful person. So by the time I hit the dark night of the soul, I'd worked all this out. The -hmm. dark night of the soul was something really, really different. And I agree with you. It's it's to get you to change. It's to get you to resolve the spiritual defects, the deep, deep Mm -hmm. character defects. And it's like we won't change unless everything is taken away. Well, it's really attachments is what it is. It's attachments. I mean, yes. you, you and, release all your attachments. Now, if you've got a really, you know, bad attachment to relationships versus material things, you know, things can be a little different. You know, you might lose um, more relationships than money or whatever. But um, obviously, what I had, which is where I thought I was going to die, they just were taking everything away across the board. 
Right. Right. And you're, uh, that must have been really, really hard, too. Um, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't bad at all. No, it was six hours. Once, I just worked through it, and go. I was fine. <laughs> no, I was once fine. I wasn't going to make it a big deal because, yeah. you know, we and I believed I was going to die. But I, I said it's going to be Whoa. quick because it's going to be a car accident. You know, it's going to be quick. I was a trauma surgeon. I'm worried about it. You know, it's like Whoa. I'm not. I was never fearful of death. So all I had to do was just release my attachment to material things, relationships. And life itself, you know, life in the physical itself, which really didn't right. take that long. It didn't take that long because it it just it. I don't have a real strong attachment to this world. You know, I never did. You know, I. Right. It's, it, it was right. it, many times it was okay with me if I died. I didn't want to commit suicide or anything, but it would be fine if I died. You know, it wasn't right. something that I was going to fight. Right. But I thought it was so, neat. I, I attended a lecture with Carolyn Mason. She said, you don't actually have to lose everything. You have to think you're going to lose everything. And I just laughed because that's what happened to me. You know, right. I just right. thought I was going to lose everything. I didn't actually lose it. Right. So on the, on the, you know, right, on the spiritual level, uh, Kirpal Singh says there's five enemies. Attachment is one of them. Uh, when Terry Fisher came back from England, uh, uh, her mother uh, was going to meet her, uh, Debbie Reynolds, and mm-hmm. she got a heart attack and died on the plane flight in. And mm-hmm. Debbie Reynolds, who was so attached to her daughter, uh, the next day Debbie Reynolds died. Right. Attachment, you live through these things, your wife, your husband, your job, whatever. My father mm-hmm. said when a man retires, he's going to only live five years afterwards. And when he retired, he only lived five years afterwards because a, a man yeah. is so you, attached you to his lose job. Lose your purpose, yeah. Yeah, but there's the according to Kirpal Singh, there's five enemies, which is the is what the dark night of the soul is trying to purge. Ego is where you're strutting your way through life, and you think mm-hmm. you know everything that there is. Greed is where you give me more, give me more, give me more. Anger right. is a big one. Anger and hate. A lot of people have massive anger and hate because it's such a high. Mm-hmm. And it, as long as you're running anger, you don't have to deal with any of your baggage. And lust, mm-hmm. which is where I want more, I want more. Um, um, so the dark night of the soul can go on for a long time. Uh, I have a student who told me two weeks ago, she says, I've been in the dark night of the soul for 38 years. She's coming out of it now. That's not good. And, <laughs> you can't well, enjoy life if you're in the dark light of the soul. <laughs> she's never, she has never enjoyed life. Never. Yeah. She That's has the been purpose in, of life. Did you ever read The Holy Science? The purpose of no, life is Ananda, which is enjoyment. But, but what, Right, but what happens is when a person is trapped in, in Auschwitz, and this mm-hmm. is worse than Auschwitz, you have to get them out of Auschwitz first. Person says, "I want to, I want to have a family and enjoy life." So, well, you've got to, you got to get out of the Marines and get out of Afghanistan before you can start mm-hmm. enjoying your life. See? So, when a person is trapped in these really, really, really heavy karmas, um, uh, they're just all consuming, and they are scheduled to go as long. As they go, and the way you really get through it, the way God showed me to get through it, is to rectify and resolve the issues that God's trying to teach you. In other words, you learn mm-hmm. how to become a different person. So it's through the learning and the growing. Uh, Bach wrote, suffering is a corrective. 
to point out a lesson which by other means we have failed to grasp. So anytime there's a disease or pain or any kind of suffering, there's a lesson mm-hmm. there um, that God's trying to teach you. And then he said suffering is beneficent and for our good, and if rightly interpreted, will guide us to our central faults. So there's certain mm-hmm. faults that we have, like we may be too dominating or we may not be paying attention, we never learn, we never grow, or it could be we let people walk all over us. Um, mm-hmm. So um, so what happens is, is that when a person has karmas that are this heavy, um, uh, what do you do? Well, the first thing is, is you, you, you learn to work with the shadow side. And, and, and what is the shadow side? Well, Hemingway didn't work with his shadow side. And while he could write a book, everybody would buy it, he, he, he ended up having so much emotional pain inside of him from the past and from his issues that he, he put a gun to his head and, and killed himself. Jim Morrison was, was stoned out all the time on heroin. Um, mm-hmm. And I, the saddest thing was to listen to um, Janis Joplin, who recorded Bobby McGee, and the, the the guy on the radio said, "I'm going to play play what happened before." So it was about five minutes before they were setting it up and everything, and then she said, "You know, I wish I could play this guitar like other people. I'm just no good. I, I'm not really good on the guitar at all. I wish I was as good as other people." And he goes, "Okay, take one." And she sang Bobby McGee. That one cut was a worldwide mm-hmm. bestseller. But inside of her, she was just eat up. From the family stuff. Yeah, it was it was obvious she did not love herself at all. That's why the drug abuse. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, a lot of people who a lot of people who get really famous don't think they deserve it. And then they go. Well, they have a lot. They have a lot of pain, Uh, like Mm -hmm. um, um, one. I, I used to treat uh, a really famous uh, musician, one of the most famous musicians in the world when I was in L.A. I was very honored. And he took um, he took um, and put a million dollars that he got from his contract into a briefcase and took it home to show his father that he now was worth something. And still, his father never gave him any value of being worth stuff. Mm-hmm. So worth something. So inside himself, see, he was eat up. So what happens is that is that the shadow side is that inside of us we have these various issues, and ninety five percent of the emotional component is invisible. So we have these issues. We feel it, but we don't know what it is. There's something inside mm-hmm. us that's eating on us. And the, the shadow work is to go in and find out what's what's bugging the inside, put the cards on the table. What Americans do is they just escape. Um, Americans yeah. ha- have a contract. We do not do uh, – uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, I'm so honored to, to treat her. Uh, she was a great spiritual teacher. And she said to me, I never deal with any deep emotions. Uh, mm-hmm. When I first sat down and gave back to her, and that's the way Americans are. Uh, we never deal with with deep emotions. We we take our feelings. Uh, heart disease is number one because we've taken our heart, which is a source of the feelings, a source of the mind, according to the to the mystics of the East. The mind is located in the heart, not the brain. And we take a heart and cover it over with a wall so that we don't feel. So part of healing is to open the heart to yourself and begin to feel and to take your pain that you have instead of drugging it away or uh, mm-hmm. escaping like a person who so works, works three jobs or 
they're a sex addict or they're addicted to uh, porn on the internet or they're just addicted to the internet. Everybody's addicted to the internet. Nobody's connecting. They're looking at the cell phone. Uh, everybody's distracted and nobody's connecting with their own self. So the process of the healing is a vision quest. It's an enlightenment. It's a new renaissance where we go in and begin to discover who we are and what it is that God, the messages that God's trying to teach us, to give to us about uh, what we need to become, what we need to let go of, how we need to change. So that's what I do with my students is I, I teach, I show you how to walk through the steps and change and become a new person. And we use the Bach remedies to stimulate that. So like, like um, um, say, for example, uh, I have a student who's real worried about money. Terribly worried about money. Uh, some pe- that's fear, uh, fear of poverty. Uh, some people have fear. They worry about disease. Some people wor- worry about other things, uh, worldly fear, everyday fear. That's mimulus, uh, M-I-M-U-L-U-S. And so when I give mimulus, if, if I was to talk to someone, I'd say, hey, I must teach you how to don't worry about money anymore, you know? It ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. If I say, let's go to this class about worry about money, not going to work. If I give you some books, uh, here's how you worry about money. Read these books or quit worrying about money. <clears throat> not going to work. If I give Mimulus, it'll work. Because Mimulus is one of the Bach remedies, and it's it's advanced technology. It's way in the future. Uh, 50 years from now, everybody's going to be doing that, doing the Bach remedies. Um, right now, people are—they put their faith, they put give their power to the drugs and to the escape mechanisms that they use. Whatever, anything to take your mind off of your pain. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so what happens when you give the mimulus and I come back uh, in a month and he's not worrying about money? It's not the coolest thing. And once you take it long enough, it's done. The issue's done. So a person mm-hmm. is, is, is using the remedies. A person's able to go into the inner self, and we take the pain that you have, and I teach you how to uh, open up and embrace it and bring it as your teacher. I had a student who had cancer in the breast and cancer in the throat, and mm-hmm. uh, when she signed up, after about five months, she told the class it was totally gone. And it wasn't me. I didn't heal her. She, I showed her what to do, and she did it. Um, but, but she told me, she said, I began to accept the cancer as my teacher and embrace it and, and learn from it. And, then, and, and what had happened with her is she had been sexually abused as a child, so it was all that stuff coming up. Then a person needs to pursue God because the, when you go into the inner self, which uh, uh, John Gatto said Americans don't have an inner self. The inner self is closed. Everybody's living external. What can, what can I get? What can I do? And, and sex and money. Um, uh, Sean David Morton said, I quit being a, a psychic because everybody says, when am I going to get laid and when am I going to get paid? That's all they wanted. Everybody's wanting to have their pleasure in the external. And the healing is done in the internal, in, inside of the inside of yourself. So uh, in the intern, you go into internal, you're going to have two things. One is your heart, which are your feelings, which we need to open up. And we need to see what the, what the pain is that we have, because by feeling the pain, it's going to lead you to the source of the pain, whatever you call it, depression, anxiety, whatever it is. It's going to lead you to a, the source. 
and it's always invisible. So you're going to need to learn how to pull the records and open the files. And the second thing you find inside is your spiritual self, the God self within. So we need to learn to talk to God and ask for guidance and instruction and answers. Because if, if the disease and suffering is a lesson, then we need to ask God, well, what's the lesson here? If it's the, to change some kind of faults inside of us, then we need to ask God, well, what are the faults that are going on here? Um, so we need to pursue that inner awakening. And uh, uh, then the world on the external will change because we're changing uh, inside. And we need to go deeper. There's a law called the law of depth, which means that you, you need to go deep, deep, deep inside yourself. The law of the inner self says that you need to learn to open up your inner self and be still and have solitude so that you can go to your inner self, uh, as you did, when, when you hit that dark night of the soul, and, and, and ask your soul, because the healing... Kurt Singh, a great uh, spiritual teacher of the East, he said um, the healing power is in the soul. So the soul, that's your, your spiritual self, your God self, the higher self inside. And we need to go to the soul and ask instructions. And to do that, you've got to be still. You've got to be in some kind of solitude. So then there's the law. of So we need to open the inner self. Americans need to open up the inner self, so that when you need, when the crap hits the fan, you can go on a vision quest. Um, I, I've been to so many Indian reservations, and they say, oh, I went up to the top of such and such a mountain, and I took my clothes off and fasted for three days. You know, It was his vision quest. I said, well, how was it? You know, It was good. I learned so much. See, um, they have them in their ritual to be able to go into the inner self. Um, Americans don't do that because the schools don't teach us, the parents don't teach us, the government doesn't teach us. They all want you to be external because you make a good uh, consumer and you spend money down at Walmart, try to be happy. Uh, the law of stillness is, uh, says that you've got to be still. So there needs to be some time during the day or during the evening when you're not busy trying to escape your pain, but you can be still and then feel. Uh, your pain, and and so then we can analyze it, find out what, what is trying to guide us to. The next law is the law of solitude. Uh, people are scared of being alone, and God will put us alone from time to time. We don't have a husband, don't have friends. So I had a woman the other day. I don't have any friends. Something's wrong with me. I need to get some friends. She's trying this and trying that. No, no, you you you're being alone. God has put you alone so that you can pay attention to your inner self. But people think they're going to die if they're ever alone or if they ever connect with the inner self because there's so much pain in there. And the reason there's so much pain inside the inner self is because it's never been tended to, because no, nobody's taught how to do it. Then we have the law of grace. The law of grace, there's two laws. There's a law of karma and the law of grace. The law of karma says, as you sow, so shall you reap. Uh, you eat the hostess Twinkies and you eat the McDonald's burger for so long and you're going to get a disease as a result of it. That's a law of karma. Law of grace is that God comes along if you can um, talk him into it and ask him. And, and if he gives it to you as a gift, he can come along and change the karma for you and help you out and make your life better as a gift from God. So it's mm -hmm. the grace of God. 
So we need to be able to activate the grace by asking him for it. So that's the prayer, and that's the petitioning the higher power to, to give us a hand and help us out, because the healing power is in the soul. Then we have the law of control. Everybody's trying to control everything. We live in a controlled society. But when we heal, we have to learn how to surrender and turn everything over and um, turn everything over to God and let go. We want to control everything. Um, and what, what do they say to this young soldier? They said, soldier, there's two ways. There's your way and there's the army way. And in day-to-day life, I'll say there's two ways. There's your way and there's God's way. And God's way has a name to it. The Christians call it God's will. In the East, it's called the divine plan. In China, it's called the Tao. And my my joke is, if you want to know about the Tao, read the New York Times. It'll tell you about the Tao and the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. Um, put a little humor in there. But, uh, mm-hmm. but the, the Tao, uh, the divine plan, is the easy way. It's the flow. And as I work mm-hmm. with you in my classes, I teach you how to get into the flow of the Tao, the divine plan for your life. That's the easy way. That's where things happen. You don't have to go beating your head against the wall. You don't have to go out and make everything happen. They'll, it'll just happen to you. And it comes through mm-hmm. surrender, letting go, and turning everything over. Then we have the law of work which is that you need to show up and do the work. And that's the other thing about Americans. Americans don't like to work on themselves uh, uh, because we're all external. And uh, there, was a, there was a guy uh, sitting by a campfire, and he, he looked up at me, and he said, you know, my, my best friend died. I, really? I said, when was that? It was last year. He said, I haven't even started working on that one yet. So we need to work, and we need to work on our emotional component to resolve the issues and the baggage and the garbage and the junk that we have and process this stuff through because it starts building up and building up and building up, and then we're all upset, and then we got, you know, next year, go get some marijuana, go get some alcohol. Here, take this Prozac. The opioids are really good. We're doing whatever we can to escape when the truth is you can work through these things. It just has to do with changing the way you live. Um, you can have a happy life. Need to resolve the sexual abuse from childhood, the character defects, the dominating, the fears, the anxieties, um, the low self-esteem, etc., which I'll show you how to do with Bach. And then there's the this beautiful law called the Law of Elegant Solution. I'll tell you a story on it. I told my friend Peter, he used to solve murders for a living uh, uh, when he, uh, uh, I was in L.A., and he um, was a great psychic. And he, I told him, I said, well, help me out. Uh, my, my wife and I at the time, go down. we want to go down to Mexico. We want to get uh, take some money to an orphanage, uh, but we can't go on Saturday and Sunday because of this. We can't go next Saturday either, and we're driving us crazy. When do we go? And he said, well, just uh, hang on a minute. And he was gone. He'd come back in a minute or two. And he said, what about you go on Wednesday? I said, my God, that's incredible. That's perfect. We'll go on Wednesday. So that was the solution. And then I said to him, I said, Peter, it was a wonderful solution. I said, Peter, how'd you figure that out? He said, well, I didn't figure it out. He said, I just went over and prayed and asked God. And God told me to tell you to go on Wednesday. So, And then he began to explain uh, to explain to me that there always is an elegant solution. 
to every mm-hmm. situation on earth. There's an elegant solution, which everything will move through just fine. But you have to find it. You have to do it through emotional work and spiritual work. Then you have the law of the inner self, which we've talked about, that Americans don't go into the inner self. And we need to open that up because because um, if you can open up the inner self and work on yourself and process and deal with the issues and the baggage and the garbage and the pain that you have on the inner self, pull the records and open the files and put those cards on the table, then you can work through the issues that you have that you're embarrassed about that are secret and that are very, very buried. Most people just bury everything. They bury their pain. They bury their emotions. Um, um, Then we, that's okay. The law of victim. Oh my God, this is one you love. Uh, We have to get out of victim. If we're going to heal, we have to get out of victim. Being a victim gives you, it's a high. It's a great high. Oh, poor me and stuff. Oh, we're so sorry. You have to be going through this. And then you never take any responsibility. You want to get out of victim and go, I know there's an elegant solution for this. I know there's a way we can work through this. I had something terrible happened to me a couple of days ago. And I, uh, oh my God, I talked to a friend or whatever. And then I began to do my spiritual work. That's like all resolved now. It, it took about two days. I prayed. You always want to talk to God and ask him. And sometimes God will talk to you, give you the solution right away. Sometimes I'll wake up in the morning. John Lennon said that he'd wake up in the morning, he'd have his song and he would sing it into a tape recorder and then he'd work on it later. Uh, I wake up in the morning, I have the solution. Sometimes it takes two or three days. Um, but we relish our, for me to get solution. We relish our disease, and we, we love the fact that we're victims at the high. And then people, if you're a victim, people will manipulate you and use you. It puts you in a very dangerous – it doesn't put you in your power. If you're going to be in your power, you got to get out of victim. Um, and then there's a law of feeling, and this is real important. Uh, Americans don't feel, and we talked briefly about this, um, we have to open our heart to ourselves and feel. It's a, Feelings are the way that you navigate the shadow side. Um, I had a woman recently, I'm helping her to understand her feelings and go with them, and she said, yeah, they told me I should go to this party, but then when I felt the energy of the party, I, mm, so I told him, I don't want to go. And so it was okay, and she didn't go. Well, it was smart, because if she had gone, um, they would have sucked her dry, because there's a lot of parasitic people. Uh, we need to uh, uh, we need to feel. Norman Schwarzkopf was on the Barbara Walters show, and talk, she was talking about his dad. He began to cry, and she said, I thought, I thought uh, generals weren't supposed to cry. He was not true. He said, Lee cried at Appomattox, and Grant wept at Appomattox, and Grant cried when he became president. He said, furthermore, I wouldn't trust a man who couldn't cry. He's not a real man. He can't feel. We need to open our hearts up because the, the feeling is your way to navigate through the shadow side. If you can't feel, you won't be able to go into your inner self and learn uh, about shadow side. Another law is the law of speed. The law of speed says to heal, you must go slow. Americans want a quick fix. But the healing process is not a five-minute process. It's something that may take time. So you always want to allow that you can go slow and let it unfold slowly. Um, And then there's another law called the law of depth, which means that uh, that you need to go deep. You need to go real 
inner self and the depth into your connection with the higher power, with God, who has the voice going to tell you, the soul is going to tell you what your solution is, what that elegant solution is. So when people talk about, uh, and I wanted to read, well, see, oh, God, oh, here's one, the law of truth. Truth mm-hmm. is the power. Truth is sexy. Socrates said, because uh, it's a real deal, Socrates said, someone asked Socrates, do you love Plato? He said, yes, I love Plato, but I love truth more than Plato. So when we're pursuing on the inner self, when we're pursuing our solutions, when we're pursuing a perception of what it is that's really going on with us, and I use the Bach remedies to make all that happen, and then talking with a student each week, uh, we're after the truth. The truth of what's really going on with you, which may be different than what you think, the truth of what the solutions are to handle it, which may be different than what you think. The truth of who you really are. The truth of what you really feel. And deeper and deeper and deeper into truth. Truth is the real deal. It is power. And then we got this law called the law of patterns. We have these old patterns inside of us. When we have traumas, they etch um, into the DNA which is where traumas are buried, um, old traumas, uh, they, they etch patterns uh, inside of us. And so these patterns go very, very, very deep. So the healing you may do will get some of them, but won't get other ones. And you go, well, why are these things still happening? Um, so, um, uh, so we use the rescue remedy which sets up with the rescue remedy is a way back time machine, which sets up an exorcism on the traumas of five years ago, 10 years ago. Some people never the same since they're divorced 20 years ago, since they were raped 30 years ago, since their parents had a divorce when they were 10 years old. And the rescue remedy goes back in time um, to, to resolve those. I had a, a woman, uh, I gave remedies to in, in Northern California, and she had been raped and beaten, and she couldn't um, uh, she couldn't jog, she couldn't go to school, she couldn't play her port, uh, play her guitar, do her poetry, and she took the rescue remedy. She took the sardethium, which is the remedy for trauma, and she took it for two months, and mm-hmm. um, then she said, "I'm inviting you to uh, the coffee house because I'm going to be singing. I'm going to be reading my poetry. I'm going to be uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm jogging now. I'm going to be going back to school. So in in two months, the trauma she had two years ago was resolved. So as you take the rescue remedy, longer and longer periods, it goes back in the way back time machine to do an exorcism on the traumas way back. And a lot of the shadow side that goes on with the people of the world is great sorrow and great loss and sadness because of all the things that have been taken away and all the trauma that we carry, mm-hmm. the bad things that have happened to us. It's an easy one to go to resolve. I had a guy who was a scout sniper in Afghanistan, killed a whole bunch of people. And I put him on that star Bethlehem, which is a key ingredient with the rescue remedy. And within one month, he didn't even look like the same person. He was, was raising out of it. So trauma is actually, and I scream it from the rooftops, trauma is easy there's a, to handle. There is a way that the world knows nothing about. 
from the mm-hmm. future, from God's grace. And that's the star of Bethlehem, which is in the rescue remedy. Just give somebody rescue, have them take it all day. And you keep taking it, and gradually these traumas will work through. I can't tell you how to work through killing 80 people, which is what you did. I can't even lead you into how to work through it. It's, it's mind-boggling mm-hmm. to me. But God will show you when you take the star Bethlehem or the rescue remedy mm-hmm. or both. God will show you how to work, you know, how to work that stuff through. So, um, so the trauma is probably one of the, the heaviest things going on with the human being. And the other thing is, I begin uh, the protocols for the dark night are the same as I always do with people. I begin by giving people rescue remedy. So all you guys in Radio Land, if you want to try it out, nobody ever complains about rescue. There's no side effects. You get some rescue remedy. You make a one-ounce drop bottle, get a one-ounce dropper bottle, put four drops from what you buy down at the store, and that's a doser bottle. And you can make about 300 of those from a $17 bottle of stock rescue down, down at the store. And then mm-hmm. take that rescue all day. Or put some squirts in, a, in whatever you're drinking or your water bottle and sip on that all day. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how you do it. And um, uh, as you take the rescue, you'll gradually begin to feel better. I had, I had two women. One woman, her son uh, died 25 years before. And she said that it was all handled after, I think she was on the star for five, six months. And uh, one of my students, one of the things I do with my students is that after um, about um, uh, two months to five months, um, we begin treating your friends, your girlfriends and your husband and kids and other people. And she was one of the people. Who, so that's the way you learn, too. We do it together. And mm-hmm. um, the, the woman said that all of the trauma of the death of her son was gone. And she said you couldn't mm-hmm. even mention her name, but her son's name. Uh, before that. Now that's going back in time, five months, uh, 25 right. years ago. So uh, everybody got trauma. You just sit down and talk to people about their traumas. And it goes way back into childhood. The childhood, they, I said, did your mother and father, did they hold you? Did they love you? No. Did they criticize you? Yeah. Those things are traumas. Was there any sexual abuse? Uh, did, did they, uh, was there a divorce? For a little kid to lose his mother or father in divorce, that's a horrible, horrible thing. So the rescue remedies for that. So I start people on rescue for about a month or so, and then we do one constitutional type type remedy. So that rescue allows you to go deep. The way that I'm treating now, you you begin deep. It opens mm-hmm. the heart, opens the crustiness and the rocky, thorny stones around the heart, and then we do one now that allows us to go in and have access to the inner self we do one mm-hmm. remedy the one constitutional type remedy which is the, the the deepest most acting character defect in the person there was a woman at the food store uh she was i'm so stressed i'm so stressed she was a manager so i gave her the rescue after a month i said well let's find one remedy it was rock water rock water is if you're hard on yourself mm-hmm. you push yourself workaholic never have enough fun, and you're always self-critical about yourself. And uh, mm-hmm. I gave her that, and um, after a month, she didn't even look like the same person. 
And uh, her face was so bright and angelic, I couldn't believe it. She said, everybody's telling me that, that I look better and I have less stress. And the neatest thing is the, the rock water, there's three workaholic remedies, rock water, impatience, in England they call it impatience. I said, man, mm-hmm. I can't call it impatience. I, I got to say impatience. I said, you say whatever you want. So impatience, rock water, and vervain, who's also dominating, those are the workaholic remedies. Well, um, mm-hmm. she would come home and, and clean and cook and stuff, but she had two babies. And after uh, the month, she told me that now she's spending time with the babies, a two- and the four-year-old. And she was telling me how she decorated the Christmas tree, and I was almost crying. It was so sweet. She spends her time with her children now. The workaholic can't rest. They can never stop. Mm-hmm. There's always something needs to be doing. And you can get that completely out of you. I had a, I had a student in um, L.A. who was an attorney. It was a courtroom litigating, fighting, uh, tooth and nail attorney. It was a heavy guy. And uh, migraines and back pain, as long as he could remember. And we did impatience and we did vervain. I think we did rock water. Mm-hmm. We did large for confidence. After six months or so, no back pain, no migraines. And he was a laid back California guy. I met him um, a year, two years later in a health food store, introduced me to his new wife. And I took her aside. Is he impatient? No. Is he workaholic? No. Does he have back pain, migraines, anything? No. And so it all held. He had make, made that change, and it all held. And then um, uh, he he got a job shuffling papers for a corporation, still an attorney, but no litigation, no court appearance. He was just uh, going through contracts. Mm-hmm. So those workaholic remedies are wonderful. So in the dark night of the soul, there are these things God's trying to teach you, like how to loosen up, how not to push yourself, how not to be so dominating, how to get rid of your fear to get uh, rid of your lack of confidence, to work through those old traumas of sexual abuse, all those rapes that you had, all the people beating you up. I had a student, um, and she's listening to, uh, she was, her, her, her boyfriend was beating her up all the time, and um, uh, emotionally. And uh, mm-hmm. so we did remedies for self-esteem and confidence. And now it's been maybe six months, four months, something like that. But now she's healed that, and the boyfriend's not beating her up hardly at all and uh, coming against her hardly at all. Instead, he's coming um, to kissing up to her, trying to get her to like him. Mm-hmm. But, see, because that's how you change other people is by changing yourself. True. So, um, so those are... Uh, so we got the, the biggest thing is that we got these deep patterns, really, really, really deep patterns inside. And in and, and life, and we need the patterns are deeper than you would ever know, and they're invisible and they're secret. So we have to pull the records and open the files. And sometimes I, I got to go in with people real slow. People need to work with me slow so it's easy and it's comfortable. And we can slowly begin you uh, to get you to uh, uh, understand these real deep patterns. Human life is like going back to school. If you take the human life properly, you're going back to school, not just learning about healing or learning about whatever you're interested in, but, but mm-hmm. the, the human life is a vision quest for a, for a great inner awakening in the self, mm-hmm. a, a new renaissance 
of the self and the humanity and the um, uh, resolution inside of ourselves, because we should, as human beings, be in a state of peace. And I tell all my students, that's where we're going. We're going to a state of inner peace and sweet tranquility where you have the peace inside. No matter if the tanks are rolling down the road, you still have right. the peace inside of you. And because you're just not eat up with fear, you don't go there, your anger, all these other things. And mm-hmm. then we have, um, we have, um, uh, are, are we okay on time? Uh, we've got to close up in about three minutes. Oh, I'm I'm just babbling off at the brain here. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, but let, let me get my contact information again with my okay. phone number. Any of you guys want to call me up, we'll see if we resonate together, can stand talking to each other, stand talking to a guy like me. Um, uh, um, my course, one-year course. And again, I sit beside you, and I'm the only guy to sit with you every every week and be with you and help you work through all this stuff, and show you how to work through the stuff with yourself and other people. My my phone number is four zero six five eight five zero seven seven four, and it's good to send me a text um, or an email. Uh, Medicinewin dot eleven at gmail.com, medicinewind.11 at gmail.com, 406-585-0774. And my website, easiest way to get the contact info, uh, drericlove.com, D-R-E-R-I-C-L-O-V-E, drericlove.com. So thank you, Dr. So what I, Let me come on. You're welcome. What I'd like to tell the people is that if you're currently in the dark night of a soul, which I think some of you may be, or if you feel like you have the emotional component still um, repeating itself because you're in the same situation again and again with, like, banging your head against the wall, there is Bach flower remedies that are really wonderful for breaking through the emotional component and the dark night of the soul. And that's really the the um, beauty of the Bach flower remedies is that they heal the traumas, they heal the... Uh, the mental and emotional defects that uh, allow that do not allow us from uh, having relationship um, success, uh, health success, and financial success. So I think that um, it's a great opportunity to you know to to get through these these barriers to our spiritual growth. So thank you very thank much, you. Dr. Love, for joining us today. Thank you. My honor. My pleasure. We've been talking with Dr. Eric Love, Healing the Dark Night of the Soul with the Black Bach Flower Essences. Uh, This is Temple of Health Radio Show. Please join us next week. 